all the thank yous a little bit later on, but what a schos, what a, what a beautiful mairiv, mairiv we had on the water, Baruch Hashem, and like I said, there are, there are a number of people that I'm going to thank later on for, for making this beautiful seam come together, but uh, it is such a schos, Baruch Hashem, to be able to misayim this mesechta together with everyone. So say, let us begin, we'll have more to say, Amir Tashem, a little bit later on, and welcome to all of those who are joining us on Zoom. And welcome to all of those who are joining us on YouTube. It's a schos baruch Hashem to be able to learn with those in person and those virtually. So outside, we find ourselves, and the good news is, we're actually going to finish Baba Kama today. Yeah. So this is actually is. I'm not going to give any homework. I'm not going to leave anything till tomorrow. There's not going to be a makeup share. This is it. This is it. So say, so we find ourselves. I'm sorry. So we find ourselves on Daf Kufiotes Amud Base 119B, and we are picking up. We are picking up. I believe we left off. Tanarabanan? Good. Tanarabanan. So we'll say, so Kufiotes 119b, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 11 lines down from the top. Tanarabanan. In Lokhinasai, so let's remember again, just to reorient ourselves a little bit, although we just learned this this morning, but just to reorient ourselves a little bit. So remember again, the Mishnah was discussing the fascinating concept that if a craftsman does work with particular materials, what is he permitted to keep? Like in other words, there's always, whether it's somebody who combs the wool, someone who launders the wool, very often there is surplus that comes out. So what is the craftsman permitted to keep versus what is he obligated to go ahead and give back to the balabas? So you can't take, we'll say the sorik is the comber, the one who combs the wool. You can't go ahead and take from him woolen tufts because those tufts of wool really belong to the Balabais, and not to the Sarek. Of course, the one great caveat in this entire sugya is really this whole thing is based on minagamakam, right? All of this is really based on whatever local common practice is. So the Mishnah is kind of espousing things in a vacuum. But at the end of the day, if the minagamakam is that the craftsman could keep this, the Balabais could keep this, then of course all of that governs. So generally, you're not allowed to purchase tufts of wool from the wool comber because it generally belongs to the balabais. However, again, So we'll say, interestingly enough, but wherever you live, you are allowed to go ahead and purchase from the wool, from the wool comber, the guy who combs the wool, you're allowed to go ahead and purchase from him a pillow or a mattress filled with wool. What's the reason? My time, kanino bishinui. Because this is actually very interesting. We've seen this many times. That halacha even if it turns out, even if it turns out that he did go ahead and steal it, nevertheless, the ganav has been kona the item with a shinui. We've seen this already before. This concept that when a person steals something, so gzela by itself may or may not affect Kenyan, but certainly shinui, changing the item definitely affects the Kenyan. So even for argument's sake, if the, if the wool comber, let's say he is a ganav, but the act of taking the wool that he combed, the excess wool, transforming it into a pillow or into a mattress is a shinui, is a change, and he acquires the object through that change. Let's go back there. So was it now a weaver? Guy's a weaver. What can you purchase from the weaver? What can't you purchase from the weaver? So, in lochin megardi, you can't purchase from the weaver. Lo irin velo nidin velo punkalin. So, we'll say a literal translation is woolen stoppers, heddles, or bobbins. These are all different parts, ultimately, again, of the lumen. Different things that you go ahead and you create from wool. Velo shiripikios. You also can't go ahead and purchase from him any leftover from the spools of thread. Avalochin mehen beged menumer. 
What you can about is very interesting. What can you purchase from the weaver? A spotted garment. Rashi points out, what's the, what's the shot for the spotted garment? This is incredible. What's the spotted garment? A spotted garment is a garment that is made from a number of different leftover patches of wool. So the chap is, even if he stole it, even if he stole it, he went ahead and he acquired it ultimately again through a shinui. Incredible. Let's go back there. Erev Suppose you could also purchase from him, again, something that is, that's the warp and the wolf, spun and woven. Suppose if you can go ahead and take something that was spun, certainly you can take something that was woven, you can purchase from him. So the Gemara says, my arig, what does it mean? Arig, tichi. Rashi says, what's tichi? Rashi is on both sides of the page over here. So Rashi says, tichi, sharsharos. These are literally rings that are made out of wool. So you'd be able to purchase that from them as well. So we'll say a person is a dyer. So you can't go ahead and purchase from the dyer, from the dyer. Thank you very much. Thank you. Dudmos. No, no, don't, don't look up from your Gemaras. Don't look up. Don't look up. Keep your eyes on the Gemara. Come on, Chavra. This, this is Mamish to Nisayna Olamazat. So the Gemara says as follows. So you can't go in lochin minatzava. So you can't if someone is a dyer, right? D y e r. So if someone is a dyer, you can't purchase from him lo osos samp, right? Samples, samples. Osos are like sample, sample patches. Velo dugmos, dugmos. Also, Rashi points out over here. Osos, I'm sorry. Kishemavim lo bege litzva chotech minamatz. Was it generally when you would go ahead and bring something to the dyer to dye. So often what would happen is before you would go ahead and commit to something, you would give them like a little, a little, I don't know what the technical term is, but like a little piece of thread to see how the dye took to the... <laughs> what is it? A sample. A sample. No, but isn't it like a technical, like a swatch? A swash? Swatch. Swatch. Okay, good. Or a sample. Or a sample, right? Or a sample, right? So I, the idea over here is also, so again, you can't purchase from the tzava. You can't purchase the, like, the, so the osos, like the little pieces of thread to see how the, or the little pieces of wool to see how the dye took. Below do most samples. Below tolushim shalt semer. Or pieces removed from the entire wool of alochin mehen baget What can you purchase? You can purchase a dyed garment. We'll say once again, because even if it's stolen, technically speaking, the thief acquires it with the shinui. Tavi begadim. So we'll say, ultimately, if you have garments made of spun thread, if you could take something made out of spun thread, then it goes without saying that, of course, you could purchase the garment itself. So the says, my begadim, what's begadim? Namti, something made out of felt. Okay, hanosin oros la'abdon. So the Gemara says, let's say a person goes ahead, a person gives hides to a tanner, to go ahead and, to go ahead and tan the hide. So what's the halacha? So Gemara says, HaKitsun v'hatelushin hare elu shalom. So Rashi points out to over here, what are kitsun and telushin? Rashi says, kitsun shemekatsam in or saviv. Those are the little like threads of leather, of leather, of leather, that you go ahead and, that you go ahead and you cut off the hides. That's the kitsun. And telushin, Rashi points out, is the wool that comes separated off the hide itself. Those belong to the Balabayas. But any wool that comes out when washing the hide itself, ultimately those belong to the craftsman. Fine. As well as I said, the Mishnah said that if there were, let's say, black threads on the woolen garment, you, on the white garment, you could take all the black threads for yourself. The merchant, um, the worker could take all the black threads. I'm Kitzra Shmei. 
We'll say the person who goes ahead and evens out the garment, he's called the Kitsra. Rashi says over Kitsra Shmei Hakobes. A launderer was also called the Kitsra. So the Gemara says, the Kitsra Shakile. So the Gemara says, why is he called the Kitsra? Because he goes ahead and he takes for himself all of the different extending threads. I'm Rabbi Huda, Hakol Ola Laminian Trelas. So this is actually interesting halacha, which we're not going to get very much into tonight. But the concept is that the Morashi calls the Gemara Masechus Menachus, that tzitzis itself has to be distanced from the edge of the garment a certain amount. The threads that hang off the edge of the garment are taken into account with that particular measurement. I'm Rabbi Huda, Hakol Laminian Trelas, V'Yitzchak Bari, Yitzchak, my son, Kapet Iluya. is very makbid on this. He's very makbid on this. Okay. Hachayit Shashir Asachot. So we'll say, remember again, the Mishnah said that if the tailor leaves behind the thread, so the Kama Litfar, so we'll say, remember again, the Allah was, if he leaves behind enough thread to go ahead and, and sew the garment. So the Gemara says as follows. So the Gemara says, Amravasi, Malay Machat, Chutzla Machat. So the Gemara said over here that Allah said, how much does he go ahead and have to, or how much does he leave over? He leaves over a needle's worth, Chutzla Machat, and an additional amount that extends past the end of the needle. So the Gemara says, Yibayilu, Kasha on the Shear. So, Malay Mechat, Vechutz the Mechat, Kamali Mechat, Aldilma Malay Mechat, Vechutz the Mechat, Mashu. So, when we speak about this additional amount that it leaves over, how much is it? Is it a needle's length of thread plus an additional needle, needle's length of thread, or just a small amount of additional thread? All right, so Tashma, the Sanya, Chayet, Shashira, Sachut, Pachot, Mikadeh, Litvarbo. So, I'll say, so the Gemara says, the Gemara calls the Raisa, that if the tailor left over, Thread, pachos mikadeh litvarbo, less than enough to be able to use for any type of meaningful type of sewing. Or for that matter, a piece of thread that was less than three by three finger breaths. So, when the balabais is makbid, so the balabais gets it back. In balabais makbid alein, what happens if the balabais is not makbid on it? Then hari elu shalom. Then ultimately, again, they belong to. The tailors. So let's analyze this. So I'll say, if you hold that Allah is talking about an amount of thread, right? That is the amount of thread, the size of the needle, plus an additional amount, plus an additional amount. The size, in other words, the additional amount is also the additional amount. Is, in other words, the excess thread is the thread that goes in the needle plus an additional needle's length of thread. So even if it's a little bit less than this, the Rabbos say it is still raw, it's still usable, ultimately to go ahead and stitch a loop. Rabbos say if all it is, is just the needle's length of thread and just a little bit of an additional amount of thread, then what is that additional amount, you're good, you're good. Then what is that additional amount of thread usable for? Then what is it usable for? The Gemara says, So we'll say, what do you see from here? You see from here that when the Mishnah talks about the amount of excess thread, it's the thread, the size of a needle, plus an additional needle's length of thread. Good. Last, last piece of Mishnah's Babakama. Last piece in Meseches Babakam. So I both say, let's go. Here we go. Mashahar. So we'll say, remember again, the last part of the Mishnah was what a carpenter. What does a carpenter get to keep versus what does the carpenter have to give to the Balabais? The Gemara says, or Minu. Mashahar Shmotzi b'matzad v'nifsak b'megira hara elusha Balabais. So we'll say, the Bryce says as follows. That which the carpenter goes ahead and creates with the A's. We spoke about this before. A-D-Z-E. We spoke about this this morning. The A's. That which he goes ahead and creates with the A's, va'nifsak the Megira, or that which goes and creates with the Megira, we'll see what that means in just a moment, hara elu shabalabais, 
These all belong to the Balai. So I will say, just the way to understand this is as follows. Don't you with the carpenter, here's what it comes down to. When the carpenter is working with wood, if he creates larger wood chips, then ultimately, again, those are going to belong to the Balabais. Smaller wood chips or shavings, bepashtos, those are going to belong to the carpenter himself. Hayotzi mitachas mekadeach, mitachas ritani. So any wood chips or anything that comes out from under a drill or from under a plane, that which comes from a saw, these belong to the carpenter. So this contradicts, this contradicts the Mishnah. It's not a contradiction. According to the author of our Mishnah, there are really two different types of instruments that were used ultimately again to saw wood. The larger instrument they called an axe. And the smaller instrument they called what we call, you know, an aze. The Asra, the Tana, but in the place of the Tana, of the Braisa, Chatu, there was really only one kind of chopping, or you know, we'll call it chopping carpentry instrument, Dika Vakarli Matzad. Okay, so Sanjay Bosa, the Gemara answers, the Braisa and the Mishnah talk about the usage of two different types of instruments. All right, Bosa, this is really the last part of Baba Kama. This is it. Here we go. Bosa, it's actually, we're going to see, David Schwartz said to me today, like, you know, this is how we're ending Baba Kama. Like, I don't know, it's a 119-day journey, and it's like a lot of technicalities. What can you keep? What can't you keep? Watch this. Watch this. And Maya Ose so the Mishnah said, Maya Ose Remember, the Mishnah said, but say, in all of these cases, what the craftsman, right? The, the bottom line of the Sugya is, the Shail is, what could the craftsman keep versus what does, what does the craftsman have to give back to the Balabais? So, say, so a lot of this has to do with just minagamakam, whatever the common, whatever the common practice was. But bottom line, the Mishnah says, is if the craftsman is working in front of the balabais, then what? Everything belongs to the balabais. Everything belongs to the balabais. So watch this. What's this fascinating? Wood stone cutters. Stone cutters or stone shavers, quite literally. Stone cutters. The shavings of stone cutting, there's no gezel. There's no theft, which means what? Which means what? Who gets to keep the shavings? Who gets to keep the shavings? The craftsman. Craftsman. We'll say, watch this. Yet, mefaske ilanos, mefaske gifanim, menakfi higi. Again, what we call the shavings, not only the shavings, like the trimmings. You're trimming trees, you're pruning trees, you're pruning bushes, you're pruning vines, right? Or, menakshe zroim, or you go ahead and you pull out weeds from vegetables. The odre yurakos, or you go ahead and you pull out the weeds by vegetables, or there's also weeding vegetables. So we'll say, watch this. If the balabais wants them back, then ultimately, again, there is gezel. Then there is theft. However, you could, you could come in. It's okay. But if the balabais, thank you so much. But if the balabais, balabais is not makbid on them, the balabais is not makbid on them, then hare elu shalom. Then ultimately, again, you could keep all of these different trimmings, all of these different weeds. So Rabbi Yehuda, so I say, Rabbi Yehuda says as follows: Kashos the chazis in b'mishum gezel. So Rabbi Yehuda says, Kashos are hops. Chazis is green grain, type of inferior grain. There's no gezel. The asra the kap. The Yishuim goes out gezel. But if you live in a place where the owners are makbed on these items, then ultimately again there is gezel. So the Gemara Ravina or Masa Mechasya asra the kap to you. Masa Ravina says Masa Mechasya is an example ultimately of a place where people are makbed even on even on small things like hops. Or things like green grain. And I will say, look how the Masechta ends. And have a listen. I know, I know the meatballs are very entertaining. But I just want to tell you. But, 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 but Lamaisa, but Lamaisa also, listen, listen to this incredible, incredible distinction. It's interesting to see that the Mishnah says, 
that everyone agrees that the stone cutter is permitted to keep the shavings of his stones, right? Isn't that fascinating? Every, there's, there's no machokas of this. Stone cutter can always keep the shavings of his stone. Yet what? Yet, if you go ahead and you trim your trees, you prune your trees, you go ahead and you weed your vegetables, that already, again, the balabais may be makbid. Both say it sounds totally counterintuitive, right? I would think that the truth is stone shavings are so much more meaningful than weeding or leftover vines or leftover... So we'll say, what's the pshat? What's the difference? It's very simple. The difference is like this. I will say, what can you do with stone shavings? What can you do with stone shavings? The answer is nothing. Right? You could keep them. You could make that. I don't know what you could do with it. But Lamaisa, here's what I would tell you is, with stone shavings, you can't create anything else. With pruning from a vine, from a tree, with gardening, I will say, what can you use that for? What can you use that for? You could compost. You got, I don't need to ruin anyone's appetite. Although, by the look, I'm not ruining anyone's appetite, right? right? So you could compost. So I'll say, you take those things, you take those things, and you could utilize them to go ahead and cause other things to grow. So I'll say, what the Gemara is saying is like this. The Balabayis, you know, whatever Bashem says, whenever you see Balabayis in the Gemara, the Balabayis is always Merames. It's always a metaphor to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So what is the Ribbon Shalom Makbaran? The Ribbon Shalom is Makbaran shavings when they could go ahead and produce additional life, where they could produce additional growth. If the shavings are just shavings and they're not going to facilitate any more growth, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I don't care about that. That doesn't matter. The only type of shavings in life that have any level of meaning are the things that could engender growth in something else. And I both say, what it comes down to in life is a person has to ask themselves, are you a stone? Am I a stone? Or ultimately, again, am I a tree, a vine, or a vegetable? The shavings, the things that come off me, do they facilitate growth in those around me? Or both say, you know, a stone is very beautiful. And a stone is incredible because what does a stone do? With a stone, you could create an incredible... So we'll say, I'll tell you, we got some of the samples for the stone for our new building. Beautiful. With stone, we need a donor. But, but with stone, right? With stone, with stone, you could create a beautiful edifice. But stone, stone doesn't create additional growth. Stone is what it is. It's beautiful, it's fantastic, but it's never going to create new life. Stone shavings... You can make something beautiful, but it will never create something new. But you take the trimmings of a tree, the trimmings of a bush, the trimmings of the hedges, the, right? you weed the vegetables, and suddenly those things which the Velt says are so irrelevant and so valueless, yet you put them back into the ground and they can engender so much growth. And we'll say life is not just about what you do for yourself, but life is also about your shavings. What comes off you? What is it that you're giving out to the world around you? Are you just a beautiful stone? And you look beautiful. Your edifice is fantastic. But you're not facilitating growth in anything or anyone around you? Or are you a tree, a vine, a bush, a vegetable, where even the stuff that's harvested off facilitates growth all around me? I will say that's how Gemara Masech's Baba Kama ends. What do you want to be in life? You want to be a beautiful but inanimate object that engenders no growth in anything around you? Or do you want to be something maybe that doesn't sparkle as much? Maybe it's not as eye-catching, but, but it facilitates growth in anything and everything around you. The Balabayis doesn't care about stone shavings. Because stone shavings don't do anything. But the Balabayis absolutely cares about the shavings, the organic shavings that engender growth. 
And I will say, the Balabai Sekhadish Baruch Hu wants us more than anything, not simply to be beautiful stones, but he wants us to be beautiful trees, beautiful vegetables, beautiful bushes, beautiful vines, that we're beautiful in ourselves, but that which comes off us gives life as well. I will say, when we learn the daf, and those of us who Baruch Hashem have been learning the daf for a while know, the beauty of the daf is, the daf doesn't make you into a stone. The daf makes you into a tree. Because when you learn the daf, the shavings of your learning inspire your wife, inspire your children, inspire the home, inspire your chaverim. There are a lot of very nice things in life that you could do and they make you into a beautiful stone. But the daf makes you into the kind of person where not only are you beautiful, not only are you holy, but you emote that holiness, you emote that goodness, and that which comes out from your learning engenders growth in everyone and everything around you. And I will say, it has been a tremendous zechos for the last 119 days. And I have to give a special akar to by Richter. Baruch Hashem is joining us for the Daphne as well. Such a, such a beautiful and incredible job, Baruch Hashem, giving the daf for us as well. And I'll come on Akiva Kovacs, who is not here with us tonight, who does a beautiful job as well, helping to move the forward, sheer forward. I will say, it has been an incredible journey, an incredible schus over the last 119 days. And I think part of the beauty, and part of the beauty of a night like tonight, is we become trees for each other. On a night like this, each of us are luminescent, and each of us are shining so bright. And this, I will say, is a tremendous honor. There are people in this room that never thought they would ever finish a Masechta, right? There are people in this room who never thought they'd finish us, and there are people in this room who have finished Masechtas, but never thought they would ever like learning Torah again. We have a whole mix of people over here. I will say, we are trees for one another. That which comes off me inspires you, and that which comes off you inspires me. We're not stones. We're organic, growth-oriented materials. And the Balabayas doesn't care about stones. The Balabais only cares about things that could engender growth for themselves and engender growth all around as well. We have grown together over the last 119 days. And I I just want to point out, look, the world has changed so much in the last 140 plus days. Am Yisrael is at war. Eretz Yisrael is at war. And it's been overwhelming. You're both saying, yet you know what the incredible thing is? In life, when life is turbulent, the most important thing you need is an anchor. I both say, the daf is the anchor. For the chevra here that doesn't learn the daf, get your act together and start learning the daf. I would say everybody needs an anchor. Everybody needs a constant. Everybody needs something that roots themselves in a beautiful reality of holiness because the world is so tumultuous and our circumstances are so tumultuous and the daf keeps us grounded. The daf keeps the roots growing. The daf keeps the branches growing. The daf keeps the tree growing. And when we continue to grow, not only do we benefit as individuals, but Baruch Hashem, everyone around us gets to share in that growth with us. So we should be Zohar Hashem. That as we go ahead and we finish this beautiful inside, I just want to point out one other thing. I guarantee you that I don't know how old this structure is. In the history of Baltimore, there has never been a seum in this place. I can say that with almost absolute certainty. But Levi Yitzchak says, Levi Yitzchak says that when you come and you make a siyam, you do a davar dusha, in a place where there was never a davar dusha done, you go ahead and you're ma'alani you raise up sparks of holiness. 
Because in every place in the world, there are always sparks. Those sparks are often obscured by klipos, by shells of impurity. And when Yidin, a group of holy Jews, come and do davar shebekdusha, in a place where there was never kedusha before, they remove all of the klipos, remove all of the shells, and lift up all the nitzotzos. I will say, tonight, we've added more kedusha into the world. Because for the first time in the history of the Baltimore Rowing Club, and there's a CM, and one, Baltimore and Water, is that what it's called? Right? Baltimore Water. Okay, I don't know, whatever, whatever, whatever. It might be a shtickle level, the Zara, but we'll leave, we'll leave that on the side. Don't look there, don't look, don't look. So it's like, in the history, in the history of this, we'll say, there was never a minchamariv davened on that deck. It, ne- it never happened before. There was never, I get, I, I, I'm, I, I'm not a historian, I'm positive. There was never a mincha mayrev daven on that deck. We were zolcha, to be ma'ala the nitzoltos on that deck. And there was never a simon sechta in this face. So we'll say, that's what it means to be a tree. When you're a tree, the stuff that comes off you gives off kiddusha as well. It's not just our own learning, but it's the extra kiddusha that it brings off. So we'll say, we should be zolcha meretz Hashem, then in the merit of this simon. We should all continue to be beautiful, strong trees, growing in our own ruchnius, growing in our own holiness, and at the same time, giving and adding holiness to all of those around us. We should be to lift up the sparks wherever we go. Our learning should be a schos for ourselves, for our mishpachos, for our community. But most importantly, during these difficult and overwhelming times, our learning should be a schos for each and every one of our precious soldiers who go out and are most nefesh for Am Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael each and every day. Our learning should be a schos for the 134 hostages, our brothers and sisters, whose whereabouts are unknown, whose condition is unknown, and who we think about and we daven for and we learn for and we pray for and we cry for each and every day. They should feel the power of our learning. They should feel the power of our trees. HaKadosh Baruch Hu should see how come every day, it doesn't matter what's happening in the world. There's peace. There's not peace. There's war. It doesn't matter. We show up. I was saying, we show up. We show up. That's what the daf means. You're tired? You get up. You didn't sleep enough? You get up. You don't feel like it? You get up. It doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make a difference. There are no excuses. There's no out. The Ribbono Shal Olam should see our unequivocal commitment to Him. And we should be Zohar Merz Hashem to experience that reciprocal, unequivocal commitment from Him. And we should be Zohar Merz Hashem say that our next Yom Bab as beautiful as this venue is, shouldn't take place here. But Merz Hashem should take place in a rebuilt Yerushalayim, with all of our hostages home, with all of our soldiers safely embedded with their families. With a rebuild based on Mikdash, with the Malach and Sheikh Mihira Biyaminu, Amen. Hadrin Allah, Hagoz Abbasra, Uslik Allah, Meseches Babakama. Now, my pleasure to ask Dovi Omen to recite the Hadrin.